Welcome back to another episode of Be Beautiful Adaptive Warrior. I'm your host, Angie User. It is time once again to unleash the warrior within you. Are you ready? Then let's get started. Well, welcome back, everyone. It is so great to have you here again. And on today's episode, I was going to give you a little bit of a background on my fitting that happened yesterday, no, two days ago, and how sockets fit. Um, but I think there's a lot of life lessons to be had in this episode, as um, I've had some tragic news that happened moments ago. And I thought, you know what, the show must go on and I'm going to use it to fuel this conversation because I think it's a valuable lesson. And, and cr- truly, the lesson today is kind of, um, you know, you don't know what you have until it's gone and it can go in any direction. You don't have to be an amputee to get that innuendo. Um, obviously, you know, unless you lose a limb or a finger or a t- even a toe or whatever, you don't realize how important that is until it's gone. I mean, you can say, yeah, I get it, but you don't live it. And so it's really hard to really appreciate what you have. And, you know, my hope is that, yes, I, I reach a bunch of amputees with my podcast, but in reality, I really hope that I can reach out and help at least one person who isn't dealing with this, but just is dealing with life. Um, life throws all of us curveballs, and no one is exempt from those wonderful moments in life. And some of us, some people that I know, deal with curveballs left and right and left and right and never seem to find a clearing. But I just know that there's a plan for them. And then I just hope that they stay positive and on the right path and always reaching out to friends and family for help when they need it. But like me, losing a limb, I knew what I was getting into losing it, but I didn't really know what I was getting into losing it until I was up and at them and trying to walk around my house or making my first meal for my family or... um, navigating the the shower and I'll tell you what after two years of dealing with our shower at our old house that has been quite the challenge in this new home and I don't know how else to explain it except that like I said in the last episode I don't shower with my leg on so I take crutches to the edge of the shower then I kind of have to jump in and jumping on your good leg isn't always the best thing it's not good for your good knee but I have to do that because it's probably about five jumps to the seat that I have in my shower. And then there's times where I just need to stand. So I'm trying to stand and, you know, you wash your face, you lose your all your balance when your eyes are closed and the water's washing the shampoo off your head. So I need to be careful with that. But then the trickery comes when the shower's off and the floor is wet and you have to hop back to your crutches. So I don't even hop. I kind of do one of these scooch my foot toe, heel, toe, heel, toe, heel, till I'm close enough to grab my crutches. 
<laughs> so I'm still learning. And I didn't realize what I had until it's gone. Not just my leg, but the shower I used to have. Um, it was a big shower then. This one, the introductory section of the shower is like its own little hallway. So didn't even think about it. And it's wet all the way up to my rug that I have near the um, edge. So that's, that's another example. Um, what I went through this week was I finally was able to go in and I was able to get my brand new socket. And the socket is the part that actually goes up on my leg. Um, I have a skin fit one and it suctions. I use my bag. If you haven't seen, if you look at my YouTube channel under my name, Angie Huser, BA Warrior 360, you'll see my videos that I've made there of my podcast, the one like you might be watching right now or listening to, and several videos on some exercises, but also some, you know, amputee problems that I've gone through recently and struggles and keeping it real. You know, it's all about being real because I would never want someone to feel that they're alone in the struggles they're facing as an amputee um, because you see so many success stories. And I'm so thankful to see some of my amputee friends are starting to realize that and they're starting to post the real stuff. You know, the days that we struggle, we don't want a pity party and I surely never want one. I'll do my own. I can do a pity party just fine without anybody's help. But when I put out the reality of it, I'm not looking for support as much as I'm saying, hey, you know what? If you're struggling, it's okay. I'm struggling with you. It's not always perfect. It isn't always roses. It's always not always sunshine. And actually today, it's been pouring rain. It's monsoon season here in Arizona, and we got stuck in just pouring rain. So I like to keep it real. And if you go on there, you'll see that um, a video that I made I think I put it out yesterday of the whole fitting process that I went through on Monday and my prosthetist took a video in that clip of me putting my bag on my leg and putting my brand new socket on. Now I say this because sometimes it's kind of hard to explain that and it's just really much easier for you to just take a look at a video that shows that. But I basically put on a two layered sock or a bag, if you will, pull it through a hole at the bottom of my socket that is my valve that I take off to put my leg on. And I have to pull with all my might downward while I'm kind of pulling my residual limb up so that there's enough give on the bag to pull my skin down inside of it, pull the bag out, and then lock in the valve and I have suction. Well, as I know, because this comes with time, and, and that's another reason why I want to do these um, podcasts is because Yes, best, best laid plans never seem to work out for anything, for anybody in any walk of life, but some things are only experienced through time and, and having experience. But if I could shed light and give someone a glimpse of hope or peace about what they're going through, they won't feel so alone and they won't feel like um, there's something wrong with them. Just so you know, this one was a two and a half hour appointment. It's never been that long just to pick up my socket and, and put it on and get it working right. And when I say working right, you'll see in the video that my prosthetist will unscrew the bottom portion of my leg. He will make adjustments with the screws that make my leg go this way, this way, up or down, and it tilts it. So that when we screw it into the socket, 
I can walk straight through with my foot and my knee bends the direction it's supposed to bend. You know, some people maybe walk pigeon-toed or bow-legged or whatever, and their knees work differently. Well, he has to make it line up with the way my knees come through because of my hips. This is the first time on a fitting, a final fitting, when I had the soft liner and everything, that I had to put it on and take it off 10 times. I'm not kidding you, 10 times. It is not a simple fit. My leg is used to one socket. It's kind of shaped to that socket and I I, I outgrew that socket or undergrew it because I was changing and my shape was shifting and I was atrophying and if I lost a few pounds, sometimes it's all in that leg. And so my leg got used to the socket I was in. Now it's saying, okay, I know you fit in this one, but you've got to find the way it's going to fluidly because your skin's loose now and it fits in, but your body's used to putting on a socket a certain way. I've been doing that one since December and I just got used to it. I mean, it got to the point where I would just put my bag on, throw it in, pull it out. I was gone and I was out the door. (laughs) 10 times, I tell you, if it was just putting it on and taking it off 10 times, I'd be like, you know, not a big deal. I'm okay with doing that. What happens is it's so strong of a fit and I have so much loose skin and you have oils on your skin and you have a sticky new plastic that you're putting it in. I stuck, I stuck so bad. And if you go back to my video on YouTube with the one that's called amputee problems, you'll get it. I was stuck by myself here with my test socket uh, two weeks ago and I was literally in tears. Like it is, I'm a fighter but this kicked my butt. I mean, I literally had sweat and tears just dripping down my face. I had just taken a shower, done my hair, done my makeup, and I was just a hot mess. It was that exhausting and that emotionally draining that I will tell you that the rest of that day, I was a beaten woman. Like I, I couldn't, I couldn't do anything. Just, I was emotionally drained, physically drained, mentally drained, And I thought, oh, you know, you start going, and then I got to do this tomorrow? Great. Well, that happened on Monday. Um, I couldn't get my socket off. So when it's on wrong and then you can't get it off, it's a double frustration because you've put it on wrong once. Okay, not a big deal. Once is not bad. Second time, okay, not so bad. But I'm getting tired. My fingers hurt because I'm trying to push my socket off. Once you get to three, four, five, ten times, of putting it on wrong, you start going, what am I doing? What's wrong with me? You know, you start questioning. I, I don't even question Randy, my prosthetist, because I know he knows what he's doing. I know what's happening with my body because I'm in tune to my body. And that's an important aspect for anybody in any walk of life and in, in anything you're going through. I know my body. I know why it's sticking. One brand new socket. It is clean. There's no residue residue on it. There's no sweat and, and, and old skin. I mean, it's gross, but it's true. It is clean plastic. And then you have soft skin. So, um, as much as I'm very proud of myself for having lost, I think about 55 pounds since my surgery, not counting the 10 pounds of my leg, 
Um, the problem with that is my residual limb has a lot of excess skin because not only did I lose the weight, I also atrophied. Now I just got skin. Well, skin that's loose ain't going to come out of a brand new socket and not until you get it worn in. So I will have to say that Monday it got to a point where I started to sweat, but luckily Randy and David are funny guys. They saw me struggling and I just was like, come on, come on. I just, you know, I, I try to use humor a lot when I'm frustrated, especially in public. I, I won't cry in public as much. Um, not that it doesn't happen. It does. Um, but when it comes to this, I know I'm a stronger person and I just had to stick to it. Yes, after 10 tries, I finally got it on decently enough to make new adjustments. Uh, to say that it was on perfect, not even close. I could tell because when I walked out of there, I was still kind of walking with a little bit of a, a waggle in my heel. Um, but I could walk. And I knew I had to go to the grocery store. So I'm like, you know what? You're just going to deal with it. And off to Costco I went. So I didn't pick the smallest store to go into. But that's, you know, another that's just me. Like I get a new socket. My life goes back to normal. I don't go, well, I need a day or two to figure it out. I just start doing my, my life. Uh, I don't want to waste any more time. I wasted seven years of sitting on my back recovering from surgeries. I'm done wasting time. You know, life is way too short. Life is going way too fast. So after that, I just wanted you to know, um, that when you go in for a fitting, now you've had a test socket and you're now coming in, you've got the final, 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 the one you get to take home. It's exciting. It's brand new, but there's a lot of fear that comes with that. For me, a lot of anxiousness, anxiety. Again, I don't like to slow down. I don't like to stop my life. I'm done with that. So I know I'm going to beat the crap out of my residual limb because I'm not going to take rests. I will not take it off. It will be on me all day. Doesn't matter what it feels like. And that being said, you have to know your own body. Again, I could promote that. You know what? You want to get used to it? Don't take it off. But that isn't the case for everybody. I don't have infection issues. Thank you, Lord. I don't have sores. I don't, I mean, yeah, I get, I rub raw sometimes. But I, there is no one blanketed statement. And I say this, and I'm going to say it again. There is not one blanketed answer that works for everyone. No matter if your situation looks exactly like mine. Let me say, if you are a female that's almost 50 or right around that age, lost your left leg above the knee and you know always did sports, have kids, are married, live in a, you know, a nice home, your problems will be different than my problems. What I can stand, you might not be able to. What you can deal with, maybe I can't. So those of you that get on Facebook and say, is this normal? There is no normal. It's okay to ask people for some advice, some opinion, but please take it with a grain of salt. And I say that because, and, and I, I speak about my story because I want you to see what one person's viewpoint is, good and bad. But I know I'm a fighter. I'm a type A personality. I've always been athletic and always active. Um, coming into newfound weight loss, I feel great. I'm ready to move. I have two teenage boys that keep me going. Um, your story and my story are different. That being said, too, 
I didn't tragically lose my leg. That makes a difference in my mental game. Um, if you lost yours tragically, you might be still struggling with that aspect of healing. And to deal with the healing of an amputation is a completely different physical game than it is mental game. And if you chose to do it, just because I chose to do it, doesn't mean my mental game isn't going to be a hard one because I made that choice. There's no looking back now. And I can't blame anybody but myself for the choice. On the opposite side, I didn't lose it tragically. So I had time to come to terms with it and I knew the pros and cons before it happened. Some of you, that's not the case. And that is something that you need to reconcile. You need to get over. So you not only need to physically get healed, you need to mentally get healed and you need to emotionally heal. So there are all aspects. So when you ask people if this is normal or what should I do about this or this or this, you get people that are seriously, I'm sorry, they're know-it-alls on Facebook and they will say, you got to do this. You have to do this. This is not right. You need to go. First, take a step back. You don't need a fear monger in your life. And that's what you're going to get when you show people pictures of a sore or a wound. Your best bet is always just go straight to your doctor. Don't even question it. If it's not normal looking, you call your doctor. In my case, I'm well past that. I'm healed. And it's been a couple of years, but those first two years were ups and downs, ups and downs in healing. Um, any surgery, a surgeon will tell you it takes at least 12 months for the surgical site to completely heal and the muscle and the tissue around it. But for an amputee, it takes us a good two, two and a half, maybe even three years to climatize to the new limb and the atrophine or weight loss, weight gain, uh, change in the shape, all those things happen. So, you know, you need to take it in stride and talk to your medical professional, not some stranger who thinks they know everything on Facebook. So please do that. Now, a question that came across to me today was about test sockets. And I, I'm grateful for this person reaching out. And she asked, is it normal to have seven or eight test sockets? Well, again, I don't know what normal is. I've only been to one prosthetist. He's my guy. He will be till the day I die. Um, and I always get one test socket because, and if you're talking test socket, meaning the clear thing that you put on before they create the final socket. And that was the one I put on a couple weeks ago that I couldn't get off and it was literally in tears because it was so stuck. I almost felt claustrophobic and I thought I was never going to get it off. And then once you start pulling, it doesn't want to go back on right. So you can't even get up and start walking around. But if you're talking about that, I've only had one per socket, only one test socket per socket. And all I can say is my guess is my guy, when he does it, he takes extreme care and conscious conscientious working oh, I can't even say that word sorry guys on casting my limb and making it fit right now I have heard and like I said this is hearsay I know what I know and this is all I know but what I have seen and heard around the community is some people use an electronic um, digitalizer I guess for fittings now, and they can kind of do an electronic and digital picture of your whole limb and all the structures and features, and they create a cast from that. 
My guy is old school. And I like that because he can feel the skin. He can feel the thickness or the thinness. He can find where my bone is. He knows where things are going to protrude. Um, if I find a bone spur, which I haven't, thank you, knock on wood. Um, and so when he casts it, he can even feel the casting tightening up and tells me to like pull my hip in and tighten my quad as much as I can, which I really don't have one, but I do. I still can try to tighten it and he can feel my leg come in underneath me and he can feel the fit and where it's loose and where he needs to maybe work it a little bit more and he's totally hands-on. That might be the difference and I never asked you, um, the person that wrote that question, if your guy does actual a cast on you, your limb or if he does digital or, you know, I don't know if there's another way. Um, because that might make a difference if they do it digitally and they put it on. It's a camera. It's a computer that's telling him what the shape is versus him feeling what really is going on with your body. So that might be the reason why you had eight. I will tell you, I have only had one per socket. I mean, now I've had probably eight or nine test sockets, but it's only because my legs matured and that's over two and a half or two years where I've had a test socket. We try it on, he makes some adjustments, I try it back on. Sometimes he lets me take it home for a week. I work in it and I walk around in it and I don't. I use it just like it's my leg. And then I tell him, hey, it's really rubbing here, too tight on the backbone, this, this, this. He makes some adjustments, I put it on, I walk around in the store for a little while with him. And then I take it off and give it to him and he makes the socket. So that's the only adjustments I've ever had done to a test socket. I've never literally had him make a brand new one and try it. So that can be very frustrating. I can't even begin to imagine because I was very patient with getting this one because I wanted it to be done really well and done right because I feel like I'm coming very close to hopefully one of my final fits as long as my weight doesn't fluctuate and, you know, pigs don't start flying. I think I'm almost there and that, that's really exciting because once you start getting used to something, you know, like I said before, you don't know what you got till it's gone. Putting on this one has been a challenge every morning because I still toe in and I'm still trying to figure out, I'm used to my valve being at a certain degree. You get used to feeling it in the same spot on your leg every time. This one is in a different location. It's a little bit up front and it's, it's weird. It's higher. It's just, and I think I'm positioning with the valve instead of looking at the knee. So I hope that sheds some light on your situation with, you know, having seven or eight test sockets might be something you talk to. Now with each test socket, I'm guessing you're spending like a week. So that means you really haven't even been in your socket for like a month or two months. And so that makes me sad because I know I don't like waiting that long. I have a hard time waiting just a couple weeks for my socket, from a test socket. Um, you might want to, um, I don't know how long you've been with your guy, but you might want to get a second opinion or um, even talk to your surgeon. Like I really love my surgeon. He's been on, he was on one of my podcasts before. Um, I would consider him a friend now. And if there's something I just can't figure out, and I've talked to my prosthetist, sometimes he'll recommend, hey, why don't you go talk to Dr. Cummings again? And I will, I'll just make an appointment to go and say, listen, this is what's going on. We're not really sure. And 
sometimes he's just really great at problem solving. I don't need surgery from him, even though he's a surgeon. I just want his brain. Like he's a smart guy. And sometimes they will think outside the box for you. He knows my personality. He knows my activity level. And he knows if I come in frustrated, he knows I'm only coming in now if I'm frustrated. And I'm looking to him for some outside the box solution or direction. And so, you know, that's, you know, kind of what you have to do to advocate for yourself. So getting my test socket, getting my regular socket on Monday, trying it on 10 times was completely and utterly exhausted. Um, You know, you just kind of got to let things out. Uh, I joke because I was so frustrated. I literally yelled. There was nobody else in the office but me customer wise or Uh, patient wise and I finally just yelled out and I yelled for David who was on the phone but he came out I'm like we need to do push-ups or something I'm so frustrated I've got so much pent-up energy and so he and uh, David and Randy and I just got down on the ground and popped out about 50 push-ups and um, yes I was already tired and beat but this was on my terms whereas the leg frustrating me and beating me down that wasn't on my terms and it wasn't what I wanted so I felt better about it Still, like I said, went home and it, you know, wasn't the best fit. It wasn't on right. It was a good fit. I shouldn't say that. Randy, apologize. It was a great fit. I just couldn't get it on right. And yesterday, um, like I said, supporting uh, people that support you and people you're around that support you is a really great thing to have. And I really pray that each one of you that listens has someone that you can trust, you can rely on. They're there for you. You're there for them. Um, You want it to be a a two-way street, right? It's not all about us. But um, the next morning, my husband took off for work. And about, I don't know, two hours into the morning, he texts me. He goes, so how'd the leg go? Did you get it on? You know, and it was just the fact that he remembered that that was something I was going through. Even though he had a busy work day and everything, to have him, you know, and of course I, I laugh because, of course it didn't go on right. Why would it go on right the first time? Nope. And of course, yep, it's stuck. Not as bad, not to the point of tears, but I'll tell you what, I think I'm gonna have arthritis in my hands much earlier in life than I should because that pulling of the bag is just, is hard on fingers. And um, it took me three tries yesterday to get it on right, oddly enough, but I should know better because I know this is what happens with these new sockets. Was feeling great, made the bed, went in the kitchen, got breakfast, decided I was gonna run an errand. And like mid errand, and actually it was getting my son ready for high school walkthrough, get to the school, walking through the parking lot, I'm like, what is going on with my leg? I was felt totally unstable again. And you know, that, that it's not to me frightening anymore. I don't feel like it won't be there, but I don't like walking like I've got a waddle. Like I, I literally tip back and forth because I, if I don't, if I kick through and it's, it's moving funny, it just pulls you off balance. And, and then you're just, you're walking like you're drunk. Like, I'm not, I promise I'm not. I just, my leg's not right. And then I feel stupid because I'm very conscientious about people watching and 
you know, I, I get nervous that people are like, gosh, she looks like she's never walked in there before. And I, you know, I have worked so hard to get my gait correct and strength training so that my gait would be good and strong and stable and to not be stable it embarrasses me. Like not enough to not go out, but I have to slow my walk down and be really patient. And that's all part of the learning curve. One, to accept me for who I am and where I'm at in my journey and no one else can understand it. And quite frankly, it shouldn't matter what anybody else thinks, right? But I'm still trying to accept that. Two, normally I go out and I'm really confident and I feel great in it and I, I show that confidence and, and I, I welcome people talking to me about it. I've met some fantastic people the last couple of years who were curious enough to not be afraid and ask me questions. How did it happen? What's going on? Um, what's it like? Um, kind of that's where the birth of this podcast came from because I felt like there are a lot of people out there struggling with things in life, amputee or sickness, illness, relationships, job, whatever, that um, we need a dose of positivity. And even in a storm, we can learn to dance, right? And dance in the rain versus sit inside and watch it, you know? I'm, I'm done being a bystander. So I had to walk through the school and it was just all wonky and that's just not like me. And so I had to struggle with that and realizing that, you know what, no one knows my journey. And if they're interested, they can ask, why am I walking different? And if they, they don't, then they don't. That's my business, whatever. So got through the rest of the day, did hit a few end, end nerves in the bottom of my socket. And, you know, I started thinking about doing this podcast and how I wanted to approach the fitting part. And what it ended up coming down to was I realized that because of my sheer stubbornness in life in general and my type A personality and my my drive to be perfect in anything I do or try, and I'm not, but that is definitely a drive of mine to try to get there. So I'm always working to improve myself mentally, emotionally, physically. I realize that I actually deal with a lot of pain. And I need you to know that because I say I walked around in it from the day I got it, the moment I got it. The, the moment I got my very first one, I put it on and never took it off until the end of the night. And I was in screaming pain because I was bruising my, my limb. I mean, it hurts so bad. Like for a week, oh, it was so bad. Like didn't want to put it back on but force myself in the first few steps I had to walk so gingerly because it was so painful well I don't get those kind of pains anymore but I can tell you right now that I will hit a nerve on every step for about five steps and I will just have to suck it up Whew. and then all of a sudden I'll adjust my gait a little bit and get off that nerve and be like okay it's gone all right we're good and then I'll do a turn around the corner and go, oh, I hit it again. Or, oh, that rubbed right in my sit bone or something or up in my groin or pinched skin. And I realized yesterday when I was getting ready for bed and I was getting ready to take it off, that that's just how it is. And that is a reality. The question I ask myself is, can I push through? Is it worth it? And will I gain a positive flow from it if I do? And the answer is always inevitably yes, a resounding yes. 
because that's all I've done for two and a half years, I know the end result with my body. I push through because I know that if I can push through a week of pain, I'll be smooth sailing after that. If I give up, and I will tell you, there are times where this has hurt so bad that if I had a give up mentality, I probably would never have put my leg back on. And it would have taken, that that would have been a full mental game because I would have psyched myself out right? We can psych ourselves out all the time with things. And the mental game sometimes has to be stronger than the physical game, the physical game. So knowing this, I hope this helps. There are going to be pains with every new socket. Even my husband has had to remind me, and I love that about him. He goes, you know, I go, God, I'm a little nervous about this because I know what's coming. He goes, but you know it's coming. You know it's going to be hard for the first week. You'll figure it out. You'll get through it. And then you'll be onward and upward. And he's so right. But sometimes we forget because we want instant feel good. We want to change out, get the new socket. It's supposed to be better, fit better. But it takes time. It's like a new shoe. If I were to put on a brand new pair of running shoes and go and run a marathon straight from the store and run 26.2 miles... I am going to be bleeding somewhere. I'm going to have rubbed raw. Nobody ever does that. Marathoners, long distance runners, ultra runners, even hardcore walkers or hikers. You don't buy a pair of hiking boots or gym shoes and then run out and do 16 miles, 20 miles, five miles. You break them in, you know, and everybody has their own little way of doing it. For me, the way I break my socket in is I just, I deal with it. I wear it. Now, Have I gone out hiking? No. Have I put my running blade on and tried running or jumping in it? No. But I am at stores. I'm grocery shopping. I'm making food. I'm doing laundry. I'm vacuuming. I am really busting my butt in my new socket. And yes, it's exhausting. At the end of the day, am I happy when I take it off? Yeah, because it's new. And it's like taking your shoes and socks off and putting your feet in a pool. It feels good. So... You know, don't lose hope. There, it, it, It's tough. The journey is hard. But if you figure out what makes you work and you tick and what you can handle, what you can't handle, find your thresholds, push yourself to that threshold, maybe even a hair fat past it, and go for it. You'll probably end up being a better person for it. And you might actually gain some mental toughness that will serve you well when another curveball is thrown to you in life. I have found that everything, every surgery and every doctor appointment, every PT that I had from 2013 to 2018 led up to my resolve and my mental toughness to deal with amputation. I 100% believe that. So that's just, you know, the way it has to go. Now, next week, I'm hoping to have on my prosthetist because I want him to kind of give you um, more of a background on what we as amputees can do to make the fit work, give us a little bit of insight on what he's thinking as a prosthetist and, and how he deals with his job because, you know what, quite frankly, I think I make his job way too easy because I'm pretty straightforward. I know what I want. And when I get in there, I don't complain about it. I just tell them what's going on. 
and I will take it, I will deal with it, and then I will come back a week later and we'll tweak it and I'll do it again and I, you know, smile on my face and I just know this is part of my life. They're not so lucky. Not everybody gets people like that coming into their office. There's a lot of people angry. They're angry with the way their path in their life has taken. They're angry at the world. They're angry at the person that took their leg, whether it was a, you know, a drunk driver or just a mishap of some sort. They're angry and they want everything to be normal. We don't have a leg. It's not normal. And they don't, aren't missing a leg, so they don't experience it they can only go from the experience they've gained over the years and dealing with hundreds and hundreds of people coming through their office doors every year. That being said, there are some things that we can do to help the process. There are things that they should be doing and be held accountable for your process to make it the best they can give. And then sometimes you just have to know if it's not you and you're doing everything you can and they're not doing everything they can, It's okay to cut ties and go someplace else. It takes a lot of courage to do that. You're not hurting their feelings. And quite frankly, it's your life. Remember that. I'm I'm taking charge of my life. I know what I want in my life. I know that I want to be active as I get older. And when my husband retires, I want to do things. I want to ski with him. I want to hike with him. I want to camp. I want to do those things. And I don't want to be hindered. So I will do whatever it takes to get myself in a position to be with the right people. And I am so, so grateful and so blessed to have been led in the right direction right from the get-go. My surgeon, my PTs, my prosthetist, they all get me and they're all trying to help me achieve the best life for me. And that's what you want. You need someone in your corner, someone that is rooting you on and working overtime for you. So hopefully next week, he will shed some light on some of those issues and some of those um, topics. Um, I, I, he has some great insight and some things that only he can shed because I, I only have my experience and he's got hundreds and hundreds of experiences um, that have come through his door. So he can give us a little bit more insight and I will probably learn something too along the way. At the end of my episodes, I always like to do a call to action. Um, I'm all about helping you make your life a better life and things that have worked for me, or sometimes I talk to myself through these. These are things that I need to start doing myself. So this one is a different one. It does go along with um, our topic for today, which is you don't know what you have until it's gone. I know that sounds like I'm talking about a limb because of this podcast, but it could also be my old socket. I didn't realize how wonderful it was until I had to put on a new one and now I got to get used to a new one. But in this case today, after hearing of the tragedy that happened, um, we lose people all the time and people come into our lives for seasons and for reasons. This person I found out right before I started um, filming this podcast um, passed away unexpectedly. Like young person 
I think, younger than me. Um, I've worked beside him for six years um, with my kids, and it's a tragedy. It really is. Um, he was an amazing man, an amazing coach. Um, I am honored and privileged to have known him. He was a follower of Christ, so I know that he is sitting there in paradise um, and enjoying his eternity. But being here and having heard the news and seeing my boys' reaction has been heartbreaking. And there are just no words. And I know some people have reached out to me and said, well, how did you know? And no, I knew nothing. And I just got done working with him this last spring. So I am beyond sad, the tragedy that shouldn't have happened. But I think an, a very apropos call to action this week is to tell someone that you haven't in a long time that you love them. Embrace someone Give them a good old bear hug. Give them your attention. Call them. But embrace embrace that relationship. Reach out to someone you have not spoken to in a while. Um, and you know what? This is a valuable lesson. There are going to be people that you encounter on a day-to-day basis that are in a hurry or crabby ornery, honking at you, maybe even flipping you off in a car on the way by. And yes, that has happened to me with my kids in the backseat. And the only thing I can tell myself is I haven't walked in their shoes and I have no idea what happened to them today or in their past that makes them the way they are. And I can either choose to be angry and harbor that feeling in, in here and bring that garbage home and that, that darkness home to my family and be all upset by it. Or I can choose to see them in a different light for what it might be worth, have some grace and let it go. As much as we always think that the world revolves around us and the reason that person honked at me was because of me, it isn't. You have to tell yourself it's because of them. If someone is angry at you in the grocery line, it isn't about you. It probably has something to do with what they've dealt with, a phone call they just got or an email like I got. Um, You don't know. That person driving crazy, maybe they flew past you because someone they love is in the hospital. So I think a good word here would be grace. To have grace with the people you encounter on a day-to-day basis and approach them with a smile. Let it roll off your back. you got enough things on your plate. You don't need to worry about other people's issues. But please don't forget to reach out to the people you love and tell them you love them. So call to action is real simple. This week, each day, find someone new that you haven't talked to in a while. Call them, go to their house, give them a hug, maybe even smile at a stranger. You never know who, whose life you might change from a simple, simple, free act of kindness. 
Until next time, as always, be healthy, be happy, be you.